Foreplay Goes South will be up in just a moment. In the meantime, I want to thank Metanoia for letting me jump in at the top of the show. My name's Greenberg. I host a podcast called Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. It is pretty much a glorified, eclectic music radio show. And why does this matter to you? I'll tell you why. Metanoia will be my very special guest later this week as part of our St. Valentine's Day Spectacular. And if you like what you hear in that episode, and you're a music nerd like me, hit subscribe and join us for one hell of a wild ride. It's Debts No Honest Man Can Pay, and you can find us almost everywhere you find your podcasts. And without any further ado, here's Foreplay Goes South. The following podcast contains adult content. It is not suitable for minors, professional settings, or the fate of heart. Foreplay Goes South is open mic storytelling. Hosted monthly by Metanoia, attendees share their intimate, sultry, salacious tales. The stories you're about to hear are recorded live at Petra's in the historic Plaza Midwood, Charlotte, North Carolina. In this episode of the Foreplay Go South podcast, our storytellers talk exhibitionism and bemoan sexual gatekeepers. I also sit down with Greenberg, host of the music podcast Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay, to discuss the importance of musical prowess and not trusting your bedroom soundtrack to an algorithm. But first we hear from Jada, a newcomer to the Foreplay Go South stage. I smoke a lot of weed. True. That's true. That's <laughs> Not helping. So four truths in a lot. No way. <laughs> I forgot the other ones. I smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> oh yeah. That's why you forgot the next one. So the other ones were. <laughs> Twin flame. Uh, I'm a Boy Scout, <laughs> and I've committed murder. Make your choices. I was a Boy Scout, and he was a Boy Scout. I was 30, he was 32, nothing like that. <laughs> I know, we all know what we're charged with right now. Um, this is 2010, the winter of 2010 specifically. I was working with him at a Boy Scout ranch in New Mexico. We've been dating for a week. <laughs> it, we were Boy Scouts, so it was like <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Repression. So he says, Do you want to go to a wedding with me? Do you want to be my plus one? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> got me after quits, you guys. So I said yes. We drove from Cimarron, New Mexico, which is a village of like 600 people in northeastern New Mexico, over to Taos. <laughs> no one? Okay. <laughs> I recommend Taos uh, to get a rental car because he had a two-seater Mazda with no ability to drive 14 hours to Wyoming where the wedding was. So we go to Taos, get the rental car, we, we're driving to Wyoming. 
I said it was the winter, right? Because there's a fucking snowstorm. No, there's a fucking whiteout for 14 hours. Oblivion. We've got a book on tape that he wanted to listen to. Oh, boy. Made a lot of bad choices that weekend. Had a lot of great sex. We'll get to that. So we get to Wyoming, and he's the best man for the groom, not the bride, which I was really hoping for. No. We get there. I've, I'm a child at this point. I ask for no information. I'm just like, yes, I'll get this money with you. I ask for no information. We get to Wyoming. I have to pick up the bride's parents, spend 36 hours with them. It's hell. And all I can think the whole time at this wedding, covered in sweat, so uncomfortable, I don't know what's going on, is thank God I saw this eagle, this bald eagle, this majestic bald eagle on the drive up there was like my like relicary point, the only place that I could escape cave to while we're at this wedding. I don't know no one, I don't even know him, we've been dating for a week. We're Boy Scouts. <laughs> Who am I? So I just keep thinking back to this bald eagle, and finally, he comes back to life. He's had a fever for the entire weekend, so I know no one, and I'm stuck with the bride's parents for the whole weekend, like, obligating them. So I keep thinking back to this bald eagle, back to the bald eagle, and like, And it's because, like, we're driving up there, and I'm super excited. I'm this, like, I don't know, what'd you say? Blind optimist, right, in everything that I do. And so on the way up there, I'm super excited, super stoked. Doesn't matter if it's a whiteout. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Nothing matters, because I'm like, we're going to have sex a lot on this trip. <laughs> we have sex once on the way up there, and it's right after I see the bald eagle, and I'm like, ooh, a bald eagle. And he goes, yeah, let's have sex. I'm like, that's all it takes. Turn me up. Doesn't take much, right? Because I smoke a lot of weed and I'm a Boy Scout, so there's not a lot else going on in my life at this point. Thirty was, thirty was rough. So we drive for about 14 miles through Wyoming until there's a side road, and I pull over on the side road, and this is before the whiteout. This is like maybe an hour before the whiteout. I pull over. I've never had sex in front of an audience before, so like a lot of things are happening for me on this trip before this trip actually happens. We pull over, open the trunk, he sits down in the trunk. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I sit down on him. Luis mentions his mom is always prepared. Boy Scout motto, be prepared. We were super prepared for this. We had like crash pads and blankets and things that he could sit on and like we even draped one over like the trunk so that when I'm like leaning back because we do like the reverse cowgirl in the trunk and shit I'm like this is awesome blankets blue sky bald eagles Wyoming America
outdoors anymore. Um, the first time that I did, I was inspired by you, sir. You are a voyeur. And a sweet prince. Anyways, so I was dating this man who was seven foot one. And I was excited because, as you can tell, I am taller than average. Maybe. Um, but most of the guys I was dating at the time, you know, they're younger than 25, so they're like five foot seven. And, <laughs> and so I was really excited about this guy because this was like a new angle for me, like quite literally. <laughs> and so he's like, hey, my bed is not big enough for two people. It barely fits me. What do you think about having sex outdoors? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's 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 do it. I've never done that before. So you know, we did it in a park. It was very majestic, um, like a little Victorian also, but like it was hot. So, but the thing is, because I was just short, I was just short enough that I had to be top all the time, um, or you know, bent over a table or a stump. <laughs> <laughs> or a park bench, <laughs> or a picnic table. Um, but then we go to his place, and um, I try hookah for the first time. Which, if you do like proper hookah, like, and you've never done it before, it gets you a little fucked up. And <laughs> so I'm like high on melon hookah, and. <laughs> Himself and he writes himself and like 
we 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 literally we we scamp like we just we run into the distance and he's like and don't come back <laughs> and I just like I like to imagine that there's like this old man in Phoenix Arizona who just like hides out alleyways <laughs> waiting for teenagers to you know have a moment fucking monster and that's how I know fuck outdoors. I'm sitting here on the eve of the January installment of Four Play Goes South in this recording and music studio with uh, probably the most immense music collection I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I'm sitting here with my uh, music expert and podcast friend, Greenberg. He is the host of the podcast Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay, in which he explores all of his expertise. Hello, Greenberg. Thank you for having me on your show, Metanoia. I am a huge fan of both the podcast and the live event. The world is a better place uh, with both of these entities existing. Well, I appreciate it. It is it is my my uh, my goal, my challenge to get you up on my stage one of these days. But I think I'll I guess I'll take this um, uh, until know, then. <laughs> maybe one of these days I will. But for right now, I, I'm I'm very happy to sit here, and I'm very happy that uh, you were able to be a guest on our show recently. I thoroughly enjoy your podcast. Okay. The first time I listened to it, um, I I personally. Uh, I'm, I'm an amateur when it comes to knowing about music and t- definitely talking about music. And so um, that's one of the things that I get from your podcast is is it really broadens my understanding and being able to, you know, know what I'm listening to and 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 be able to put it into words, um, you know, to be able to describe genres and, and, and how I feel about it and such. So I appreciate listening to your podcast for that. It, it, it's educational for me. Is that then uh, I'm doing my job. I I feel like my show is for two different types of people. Music nerds like me who will sit there and listen and they'll get it. And then other people who are just like, I don't know where to begin with music. And I like to, would, would like to maybe think if I may be so presumptuous to be your musical Sherpa. Okay. You can be my musical Sherpa, and I shall be your sexual Sherpa. Oh! How about that? (laughs) (laughs) I want to explore this relationship between sex and music, and people... Everybody's got their own soundtrack for the bedroom, and it's different, and I'm not going to music shame anybody. You know, I think that we all kind of maybe... You know, there's certain things, you know, we kind of give the side eye to and other things are like, you know, the thumbs up to. But I will say this, be very careful about trusting your bedroom soundtrack to an algorithm. (laughs) Yeah, I know we all like to put on, we like to put playlists together and playlists are great because you can curate those. So awesome. But when you're like, hey, Siri or hey, Alexa. That's where you got to be careful, and mm-hmm. I, I will I will share a story with you. 
Is there I, something else I can help with? Not at the moment, but thank you. Thanks, Siri. I, we need to leave that in there. Um, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> she's so cooperative. Um, so I, I was with this very lovely woman a few years back, and she invited me to her abode. And we adjourned to the uh, boudoir. And I'm using a lot of really pretentious words right now. Um, I'm going for the high score. Okay. So she says, Alexa, play blues. I'm going, okay. Blues is very sexy. It's, it's It's a very inherently organically sexy genre. I can't complain. It's going well. And then... Rubber Biscuit. Are you familiar with the song Rubber Biscuit? I'm not. Okay, so Rubber Biscuit is an old blues song. The very first time I heard it was the Blues Brothers version. Are you familiar with the Blues Brothers? I am. Okay. I have to ask because I don't like to assume. And since, you know, I am from an age where the Blues Brothers were like household names. But for those people who are not familiar, Blues Brothers... John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, they were cast members of the first season of Saturday Night Live. And they did this really cool tribute to the classic blues of the 50s and 60s. They had a lot of these awesome musicians from back in the day. A lot of the guys who played in the Booker T and the MGs. And they were legit. That wasn't just like a vanity project. It was the real deal. And their first album, Briefcase full of blues, had a cover of this song called Rubber Biscuit that, as a kid, I loved. Rubber Biscuit is a fun song when you're a kid. It's a funny song. When you're in the bedroom and Rubber Biscuit comes on, <laughs> not so much. This this song is an unconditional boner killer. It kills boners of all walks of life. Yeah, we got sandstorms coming in. Yes, it's like... (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, I like Rubber Biscuit, but not now. And so I just just go, you know, I usually dig this song, but I'm not sure it's right for the moment. (laughs) And she needed no further feedback. And she said, hey, uh, Alexa, skip. And it went on, and, and it was fine. But, you know, there, I think there are some songs that are just not... I remember somebody a long time ago saying that Brass Monkey by the Beastie Boys is also in that Valhalla of songs that don't quite work in the bedroom. Sure. It's like, like, like yakety sacks. Mm-hmm. Or, um, oh, just, what else would be it? I don't know. I feel like I came across some of these songs when I was compiling my list. Right. I, there was like, there were there were albums. I was like, oh, I remember there was this one sexy song on there. But then I looked at the album and yeah. honestly, most of those songs, I was like, no, actually, no. Yeah, those that's why skip, you got, skip, skip. You got to cherry pick. Yeah. I'm like, if you can curate your own playlist or if you've got your 
Absolutely. No, Spotify does me wrong on this because right. I do have some Spotify list. I have I have one that's, you know, like classical right. sexy music. I've got a straight up fuck me music that's right. just nothing but um, primal and there's a lot of hip hop, like right. dirty ass shit on there. And then um, I so I've got these playlists and that's great because that's curated. But then Spotify does this lovely thing where when the playlist is over, it'll start changing to it'll like start picking music and create a radio station based off of it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, th- so it'll that, go. It goes wrong. So that that brings up the other thing, is that algorithms when they pretend like they're like, yeah, we're buds, and like, no, we're not, because where that goes horribly wrong is when I love Springsteen. So when Mister Algorithm says, "I got you, bud," and I hit that playlist, and there's Bruce, and it's great, and then the next thing you hear is Bon Jovi. I'm like. Oh, we are so not buds. We are not friends. We are not friends. So listen to to Rubber Biscuit and tell me if I'm wrong. And if for whatever reason you find Rubber Biscuit to be an insanely sexy piece of music, God bless you. We don't kink shame around here. No, no, no. (laughs) If if you get hot listening to Yakety Sax, I want to give you a hug and a bowl of soup. You do you. Whatever gets you off, man. Yes. So I got the stories out of you. We were yes. able to um, share our love of trip hop, apparently, yep. um, as we recorded the segment for your show, um, Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. Yes. Now, so we're expecting the that, sh- that uh, show to drop on February 5th. Yep. And um, Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay um, typically drops on a weekly basis on the weekends, correct? We, we try to do it weekly. There are some weeks where we, we skip, but it's... Close to, to weekly as possible. I, I think that when we first started, it was like just rigidly week, 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 week. And over time, it's like every now and then it's like, uh, there's nothing to talk about this week or I have nothing left in the tank. And sometimes it's good to take a week off, but usually at least, you know, three episodes a month perfect well and on those weeks you know when you maybe take a week off you know and people if people want you sliding through their back door (laughs) they can subscribe and follow you and then you'll just like knock on their back door right where can they do that um pretty much everywhere you find podcasts except spotify and i would love for the show to be available on spotify but spotify has their rules, and I respect that. So that's why you don't find a lot of music programs with full songs in them, and I totally get that. But almost everywhere else. And you can find us on the socials, on Instagram, on Twitter, at Exile on East Street. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. You can also go to debtsnohonestmancanpay.com. And I apologize for having the longest title in the world. But I blame that on Springsteen because it's a Springsteen reference, that title. Absolutely. Yeah. It's Springsteen's fault. Yep. Uh, Debt's No Honest Man can pay.com or yep. on Facebook. Exile on East Street. Exile on East Street on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, go check out the, the podcast. Listen to the sexiest albums per yep. myself and Greenberg, what we like to get busy to on mm-hmm. our own individual times. Yes. And I appreciate you, uh, you putting f- this together. 
Well, thank you for letting me come on your show and make a total mockery of things. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, seriously, thank you. It's been fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, big thanks to Greenberg, host of Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. You can catch my segment where we discuss my favorite albums to get down to on February 5th. Up next, Blue finds love in an unlikely place. So this is a story from way back, and I've told it here once before, but I see a lot of new faces, so I'm thinking nobody's heard this story here. So. <laughs> so this is... Um, Circa 2008, I was uh, just out of my first marriage. Yeah, I'm that old. Um, and I had started dating seriously. And, and this is kind of before Tinder was a thing. Um, but I was doing some online dating, and I had met a lot of interesting people and made some friends, but not connected with anybody. So I am, as you did in 2008, scrolling Craigslist personals. Hey! And I'm on the uh, strictly platonic side of it at the moment, and I'm looking, and there's a there's a, an interesting ad from a from a woman who was a, a few years younger than me. I was 28 at the time, and she was 20, and she was looking. She hadn't been in a relationship before. She said, and she wanted somebody to cuddle with. She wanted that personal closeness, and um, it kind of struck my fancy. Uh, she seemed interesting. Uh, I could definitely do a platonic cuddle buddy relationship. That was, uh, that was something that I would be interested in. So I sent her a message and I, I opened the email and I'm trying to figure out how to start this email to this random person I've never met. So I had this great idea for the, for the subject line. I said, let's sleep together. Because she wanted somebody to sleep with. And she took the bait. <laughs> So we, um, we spent uh, a few days messaging back and forth, emailing, sent a couple of pictures, and she was a, she was a lovely young lady. Um, we we kind of connected with some uh, shared trauma, I guess you would say. She, she spent several years in foster care. I was taken out of my house several times as a minor. We, we both had some fucked up childhoods, so, so we, uh, we got along on that, and um, I was, uh, I had recently had a motorcycle accident, so I had a broken wrist, and I wasn't working, I was on unemployment at the time. And so we started scheduling this first date, and we were going to come up here to Concord Mills and uh, go to Dave and Buster's. And um, the Wednesday comes around that we're, we're going to have this, this lunch date, and um, I got no money. My unemployment didn't drop like it was supposed to, it usually came on Monday. Here it is Wednesday, I still don't have any money. So I message her, I'm like, hey, listen, I, I, I still want to see you. But, you know, my friend telling me I should just lie to her, make up an excuse about a doctor's appointment or something. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm depending on unemployment and I didn't get my money, so I don't have money to take you out today. But uh, if you'd like, you can come over and I'll cook you lunch. And um, I guess she was dumb enough to go for it. <laughs> it wasn't a... 
mean, obviously not a good thing to do on a first date, but uh, I didn't end up killing her, so. Um, <laughs> so she comes over and she's like, great, I'll bring a movie. She was going to bring this vampire movie over so we could watch this movie. Y'all, it was Twilight. <laughs> she suckered me. This was not a vampire movie. It's good, though. Right? Is it, though? We didn't make it through the movie, though. We, we <laughs> Things went well enough I didn't have to suffer through the entire movie. Um, we, we were sitting there watching the movie on my couch, and she looks at me and she goes, well, if you're not going to make a move, I am. I was trying to be a gentleman. This was supposed to be platonic as far as I know. <laughs> right. So, um, so we ended up developing a pretty serious relationship pretty, pretty quickly. I fell for this woman hard, y'all. She was beautiful and sweet and... <laughs> yeah, so... Um, about three weeks later, her um, living situation comes into flux, and she was getting ready to be kicked out and having to move back in with her parents, and I'm like, oh no, why don't you move in with me after three weeks? That sounds like a great idea. So she, um, yeah, so she moved in with me, and um, we have two kids now. We've been married for 13 years. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We've been married for nine years. We've known each other for 13 years. Uh, and uh, so it just goes to show that you can pretty much find anything on Craigslist. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Foreplay Goes South Podcast. Don't forget to check out the February 5th Valentine's edition of Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay and get some musical inspiration for your February festivities. Bring your stories to my next live event at Petra's on February 15th. Tell a story and you get a chance to win a pair of tickets to the upcoming Flamingo Reviews March of Eyes Burlesque Show. This episode of Foreplay Goes South podcast was recorded and produced by event host and podcast creator, Metanoia. These stories are recorded live every third Tuesday of the month at Petra's in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information about Foreplay Goes South, follow us at Foreplay GS on Facebook, FetLife, Instagram, and Twitter.